Well, what is going on? What is going on, Bills Mafia? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Overreaction Buffalo post-game show brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's We Are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. I am the voice of the Overreaction Buffalo Post Game Show. My name is Joe Miller, and you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. Merry Christmas, Bills Mafia. Merry Christmas. The gifts came plentiful and often this weekend on Christmas, unless you lived in Buffalo, then the snow came plentiful and often. But we can talk about that more in a bit. But it is victory. This is a Victory Monday episode, Victory Tuesday, Victory Wednesday. It's technically Victory Sunday. It's Christmas Day. Joe Miller is in the house, and... uh Joe Miller is under the weather, so I'm six. People are asking me if I'm cold because I'm wearing a hoodie. No, I'm just uh, not feeling well. I uh, came down with a cold on Friday. Dude, it it about crushed me yesterday, and then today's been honor. I've slept. (laughs) Excuse me. I don't know how much I've slept. I shouldn't laugh, so don't don't, don't force me to laugh. Um, If I laugh, I'll start coughing. I have slept. I've taken about four naps today, five naps today. Um, It it hasn't been great, but we're going to gut this out. If the Buffalo Bills can play football, Smash, smash mouth football in minus 25 degree wind chills in Chicago, fly out there a day early, miss Christmas with their family, fly home to Rochester, take a bus, then, ha- then have to dig out their cars in basically what looked to be 10 feet of snow. There's no reason that I can't gut this out with you guys for at least 35 or 40 minutes, right? So I got a little bit of time in me, but this is a Merry Christmas episode. Do me a favor. Whatever platform you are consuming this podcast on, please like, please subscribe. We are Super Chat Live on YouTube. Got a whole bunch of people up in the comment section. Crazy folks up here on Christmas joining me. Probably would have been more if I'd started at 8, but I, yeah, 8 wasn't happening for me. But Victory Monday is upon us. Wildest Dreams Land is here to stay. Whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your AirPods in, on the drive to work, or watching me live right now, let me just say one more time, welcome. Before we get the madness started, let's uh, take a quick listen uh, to our title sponsor, the Market Dominator Team. Hey, I'm John. And I'm Scott. And we are the Market Dominators. As the buyer specialist on our real estate team, I love helping people find and buy homes. But really, it all comes down to having a strategy, a winning strategy, much like our bills. And as the listing specialist, it's really important that we win, too, when we sell a house. So we like to educate, advocate, negotiate, and and dominate. Listen, my good friend Joe Miller, we're so grateful we have the opportunity to sponsor your show and all of Bill's Mafia who tunes in and listens in. So if you're looking to sell or buy in real estate anywhere in the country, you reach out to me directly and we will respond. 716-570-3298. And to all our Bills Mafia and family out there and friends, Merry Christmas and Go Bills! Go Bills, if you're in the market to buy or sell a home, maybe moving south. Maybe that is what is on your mind right now. Some people have been without power here in Buffalo for the better part of two or three days, uh, several members of my family had to be rescued. I would have gone and gotten them, except they were in the in these conditions about an hour, hour and a half away from me. Uh, but they did get rescued by my brother-in-law, who took them to his house, took uh, all their animals to his house, took his upstairs tenant to his house. 
uh, ended up taking in another uh, couple of friends. So shout out to Peter Jankowski, Peter and Kelly Jankowski, who have uh, opened up their house. They uh, Talk about a weird Christmas morning. House completely full of people. One of them a tenant of a home that you own or an apartment that you own. A little bit of a wild situation. But it's been crazy. Uh, we did not get much snow. The cold was bad. Uh, it was incredibly cold. And then the snow came yesterday. And in, in about the last 24 hours, we've gotten about five feet of snow. And it's still snowing out there. And as I already told you, I don't feel good. And I've been outside to shovel to clear the driveway three times in the last 24 hours. It's not great. And that probably, uh, what's the word, uh, contributed to my need to take four naps today. <laughs> don't laugh, Joe. <laughs> it's going to make you cough. Uh, so just stick with me. Uh, got our first super chat from JR. JR, buddy, Merry Christmas. It's good to see you. Thank you for being a part of the show. I'm going to die of cancer after the Super Bowl, but whatever happens this season, hashtag wildest dreams. Well, JR, we're praying for you, buddy. And anything that we are all going through, right, it's, it's always about uh, – perspective right so what you're going through is a lot different but never lose hope just like we do with anything in life to include this crazy fandom that we have for a football team never lose hope uh you are not necessarily going to positively 100 pass there's a good chance that it, it could be eradicated my, my brother-in-law's father was in stage four cancer twice and is still kicking still going to work every single day so chin up buddy chin up buddy keep it keep your chin up and if anybody out there's uh listening to me please uh send a prayer up for jr who's been struggling with cancer for about a year now i believe jr was the first time we talked about it last year but uh, it is victory monday the buffalo bills are the afc eastern division champions for the third straight season wildest dreams land and have ensured themselves at least one home game through the playoffs yes they have ensured them even though nobody's talking about it they have one at least one right now home game for the playoffs uh, they are AFC East champs three years in a row for the very or for only the third time in team history. I'll give you that information now. They were AFC Eastern Division champions in 1964, 65, and 66. Two of those years, 64 and 65, if you remember, resulted in the Bills being the AFL champions. 66 was the year that they got beat in the AFL championship by the Chiefs. That was the first Super Bowl year, first NFL versus AFL Super Bowl. And the Chiefs ended up playing in the Super Bowl against the Green Bay Packers. So Buffalo Bills 64, 65, and 66. They were also the AFC East champions in 1980 for one year. Three years again, actually four, 88, 89, 90, 91 in the Jim Kelly years. Then again in 93. And then it was a very long time until we get to now. 20, 21, and 22. Three straight seasons of being the AFC East division champions again wildest dreams land it's such it's it's such a wonderful time to be a bills fan it's such a wonderful time to be a part of this fan base it's such a wonderful time just to just to have a, a sidecar seat to everything that's going on and what we are seeing from this football team that is evolving ever evolving ever changing you know who they were in 20 is not who they were in 21 and who they were in 21 is not who they are in 22. And who they are, were at the beginning of 22 is not necessarily who they are right now in 2022. We'll talk briefly about that in just a minute. Josh Allen also in this football game breaks a Dan Marino record. Dan Marino held the record for most touchdowns overall by a quarterback in his first five seasons. That number was 172. Josh Allen now has one set. Sorry, Dan's number was 171. Josh's number is now 172, and Josh has two more games to play. So even if it was a six-game season, 
Josh would still be beating that record six games, 16 game season. Sorry. Again, you're going to have to bear with me for this episode because I'm a, I'm a little half in the bag. Not, not half in the bag. That means drunk. I'm a little, uh, I'm on the fringe. I'm on the fray mentally a little bit. So I'm going to do the best I can. I can't even promise you my notes are going to make sense, but we'll see. We're going to gut this out, fam. We are going to go. We're going to throw Hail Marys <laughs> this whole episode towards the end zone and pray to God that somebody comes down with it. So uh, Josh Allen breaks a Dan Marino record on a day that the, the Dolphins got embarrassed, embarrassed. LOL fans got embarrassed in Miami against the Packers. Tua, if you did, did not see it, through throwing three consecutive interceptions on three consecutive three interceptions on three consecutive series to basically lose that game for them against the Packers. Uh, but you know, our quarterback isn't or, or where I'm at. Uh, the Bills beat the Bears. Uh, going sorry, sidebar on the Dolphins thing. Uh, the Bills beat the Bears 35 to 13 with 29 of those points coming in the second half, overcoming three turnovers to the Bears one. Anytime we're talking about turnovers, you know, this is that moment. This is that situation where literally. How badly are you going to beat yourself? How bad are you going to do it to yourself? How bad are you going to make this road, this path difficult for yourself? The Bills in this game via special teams and turnovers hurt themselves a little bit. But what we're watching and what we're witnessing is a football team that despite hurting itself can come out on top. They can find a way to win, which has been echoed in Sean McDermott's post-game press conferences. That's what he's been basically hammering on you found a way to win men you found a way to win so you know these games are hard winning in the nfl we hear it all the time is hard any given sunday or saturday it's anybody can beat anybody you know we we talk a lot about this and we'll talk more about it uh as far as that kind of in a second josh allen threw two interceptions to those turnovers were from josh allen the first one he didn't see the backside defender I liked the description from the uh, from uh, the the on the broadcast team that just basically said that Josh was expecting him to blitz, uh, was expecting him to come and he didn't, and he did not account for him once he backed out. Uh, was it Purdy or something like that or Pardon? I can't remember the guy's name. The the defender, the defender, the defensive back, uh, and he made a great play in the football. And to be honest with you, had he not made the interception, I gotta think that the the corner trailing Isaiah McKenzie probably would have caught that ball anyway. Uh, so it wasn't a great decision from Josh Allen. The second one he sailed, th- those are going to happen. He just sailed it over the receiver's head. Um, if you've ever played baseball, especially the infield, sometimes it's the easiest throws that you just release in the wrong spot and the ball gets away with you. And I know what everybody's thinking. Well, you know, this is a professional quarterback of a billion dollar franchise that's supposed to go to the Super Bowl. He shouldn't be sailing passes. They do it. It happens. Tom Brady does it, has done it, does it. Peyton did it. All, all the best did it. It just, it just happens. Regardless of that, this is coming into this football game, the second best offense in the league. The second best offense in the league, averaging over 400 yards of offense every single game, and they did it in this game as well. Here's some interesting stats. When I was doing my research for this episode um, that I found on the defense, the defense right now is not playing up to the standard in some categories that we're probably used to. The defense is seventh in yards per game. So they're so they're they're in seventh place in average giving up of yards per game. Seventh. Normally we see them in one to two, one, two, and three, top five at least. They are 15th, one five against the pass. This is also the very first year that this team has been without Micah Hyde, I believe, since Sean McDermott got here, right? And now I know Jordan is still back there, but Jordan has missed time as well. They are 15th against the pass. 
Tredavious White wasn't here for the first three quarters of the season, two-thirds, three-quarters of the season. No Micah Hyde. And even with the pass rush being much better this year than it was in 20 and 21, 15th against the pass was a surprise to me. Bit of a surprise. Fourth in rushing yards per game against. That also was a surprise to me because they have been getting gashed a little bit in the last couple weeks. The important number, though, is this one. They are second in points per game, which is that whole bend but don't break philosophy that I know a lot of people hate. And uh, I'm not going to tell you where to fall on that. Uh, bend but don't break works in theory a lot of times, more than it doesn't. But sometimes if you break when you're at the worst possible time, it can lead to some devastating losses. But those are some defensive numbers that I thought were of interest, right? The Bills come uh, came into this game rather 11-3, and three, needing, needing a win to stay ahead of the Chiefs, who were also 11-3, and three, and the Bengals, who, are, who were 10-4. and four. Cold, bitter cold day in Chicago. Uh, it was a day not fit for man nor beast. I know it's a hokey, corny line, but I had to put it in there. I think I heard that this was the coldest road game in Bills history. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just something that I either heard or read on Twitter. The Bears 3-11 and 11 were they're just, at this point, clinging to pride. A great run team. That, that just can't find its way through the air. They cannot find a rhythm with Justin Fields passing the football. The majority of their offensive weapons from a receiving standpoint are injured. You know, and if we're being honest, you know, what scared me about this game was the fact that you've got Justin Fields, who is one of the best quarterback running quarterbacks in the league, right there with Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Um, and David Montgomery isn't exactly a slouch. Right. I mean, they're they're a good, good running football team. So you, you put that in the stew with it's going to be minus 25 and nobody really wants to tackle. Nobody wants to hit hard. And this could have been potentially a long game for the Bills. And it looked like from the start it was going to be. But that defense bowed its back. They uh, buckled in and buckled up and did what they needed to do. So uh, it, it was a, it was a great win. It was it was the tale of two halves. Right but a super fantastic, phenomenal win. Uh, you know, when we think of this Buffalo Bills high-flying offense, right, and, and, and just kind of this feeling that it's kind of been, it's, it's been grounded from time to time over the last half of the season, you know, even when you think about that, that, you know, passing is who the Bills are. Whether you like it or not, this is a pass-first football team. Frankly, over the last three years, I've liked it. I've preferred it. It's where Josh is at his best. But but now you're we're we're it, it's what I want to say we're confident we have the ability to be confident at this point to say that this football team can find other ways to win. So as much as we're a high flying offense, we're now discovering that when that high flying passing offense gets grounded, that basically the game is over. How that that's what it was in twenty and twenty one. That's actually not true anymore. This team is now finding other ways to win. One of those other ways to win is obviously on the ground. Even if they still try to force the pass, which they do <laughs> all the time, they're running the ball effectively two weeks in a row, and they just got to get a pass in there. I don't know why sometimes, but it's just who they are, and it's what they do. But they're finding ways to win. And the way that they're finding ways to win is defensively and particularly on the ground, running the football. The best thing, the absolute best thing that could have happened to this offense is happening. I know that's going to startle probably some people. What do you mean the best thing that could have happened? Like people catching up to their passing game? That's the best thing that could happen? Yes, that's the best thing that could have happened because they're finally developing a run game. 
They're developing a run game. It's no longer, it doesn't seem to be fluky anymore, right? It seems to be at will. When they need to run, they can. You've got Devin Singletary, who is living up to his nickname of Motor. He's running with a lot of grit, a lot of decision. He's got a lot of shake. He's got a lot of bake. I wish he had more burst. And then you've got James Cook, who is beginning to look like a guy that might be able to carry the load as an RB1, just like his brother Dalvin. A lot of the conversation about James Cook coming into this season and being drafted was he had never carried the ball or touched the ball more than 14 times in a college game twice. I believe that has now happened several times as a bill. Contact balance was a concern. And what's interesting about that is as as James has kind of progressed and as he has settled in in this offense, we're beginning to see him be far more decisive and run to daylight, which is wildly exciting to see this kid be decisive and run to daylight. Even though the ball is supposed to go to the right, he'll see daylight to the left and he'll make a move, cut to the left and pick up 15 yards. I'm really, really excited for what we're seeing out of James Cook. And as a one-two punch right now, this is the best thing. Actually, a one-two-three punch with Josh Allen. This is the absolute 100% best thing that could have happened to this football team, this offense. While the pass threat was still there, you know, we saw a lot of good Josh Allen in this football game. You know, Josh Allen was throwing darts all over the field. Yes, he had a couple errant throws, and there were some, you know, incompletions that's going to happen. It was freaking cold out there. He also hit a lot of wide-open guys, right? Josh looked, for the most part, good. It wasn't a huge numbers day. The numbers were down, but it was a good day for Josh. It was a good day for this offense. Again, amassing over 400 yards. Again, the Bills rushed for 252 yards in this game. 252 yards. The run game, I've been talking about it for the last couple minutes, the run game shined. Absolutely 100% shined in this football game. Again, Devin Singletary continuing to prove his reliability and making a case to stay on this roster. For those of you that don't know, aren't aware, Devin Singletary, his this is his last year uh, under contract with the Bills. And the Bills are going to have to make a decision to make. They're going to have to make a decision to make. The Bills are going to have a decision to make. Again, I have a cold. Not feeling well. The Bills are going to have a decision to make. And on top of that, Devin Singletary is probably going to have a decision to make. I don't envision a world where Jordan Poyer is up for his contract. Tremaine Edmonds is up for his contract, right? Ed Oliver is coming into his fifth year option, which the Bills are assuredly going to pick up. (coughs) The big contracts that they have already added. When you talk about Milano, obviously Josh. Stephon Diggs, Deion Dawkins, like the numbers and the people that are under contract under, you know, big, huge numbers. I don't see the Bills offering Devin Singletary five to five and a half million a year to stay on this roster, especially if James Cook is going to push him. Which right now, it seems like he will. JR says, give Singletary three years, $3 million a year. Well, he's got to want to take that. And that's the decision. That's literally where I was going. Does Devin want to stay on this roster? 
How much is it worth to him to stay on a winning team versus going to a garbage team at the bottom of a division where his career could be over in two or three years? He's going to have a decision to make. The Bills are going to have a decision to make. But he is making a case for himself, which is you love to see it. And again, as I said, talking about this run game, shining James Cook just looked really, really good. Devin Singletary was 12, 12 carries for 106 yards. The Buffalo Bills' first 100-yard rusher this season, and they almost had two of them. James Cook was 11 carries for 99 yards. And then Josh Allen putting the bow on top, six carries for 41 yards. You, you love to see it. You love to see the transition for this offense. You love to see them discovering ways to win and finding different ways to do what they need to do. Now, I'm not going to have a conversation about Ken Dorsey. There's not enough time in the day. <coughs> There's just not enough time. Because sometimes the play calls are just baffling. I said I wasn't going to talk about it. The first touchdown for the Bears was just way too easy. I tweeted as such. But that's not really out of the norm for what we've seen from this defense. This defense... A lot of times on first drives, I mean, there was a stretch there where they like were leading the league and not letting teams score in their first drive. But for the most part, since Leslie Frazier's gotten here, they've been kind of a, let's see what you're going to do, and then we'll figure it out defense. Not super surprising. Jordan Poyer actually said the guys needed to settle in a little bit, which they ended up doing, which makes you wonder. On these early drives, is is it a situation where you know some of these guys are have the sugar high Josh issue? They're just going in too amped up, going in too hyped up, overrunning plays, over pursuing, forgetting about their gap assignments, trying to make plays when they just need to make just need to do their job. It's possible. But outside of that first drive, the Buffalo Bills defense housed them. They they basically kept them completely bottled up. Keep in mind they scored. Seven points on their first drive. They scored 13 for the rest of the game, or they scored six for the rest of the game. Containing Justin Fields, to me, was the number one priority. I think everybody that's listening to me or watching me right now would agree with that. He had seven carries for 11 yards. Crazy. The Bills did lose the turnover battle 3-1 to one in this game. We already talked about Josh and his picks. And while I still hold to the notion that we are the hunted, it seems like the Bills at times, most of the time, play to the level of their opponents and then find a way to win. I'm going to say that again, and then, and I'm going to, and then I'm going to surprise you with my next statement. While I hold to the notion that we are the hunted, teams are coming for us, it seems to me like the Buffalo Bills play to the level of their opponents and find ways to win. Next is the surprising statement. The surprising statement is, that's not exactly a bad place to be. That's a really, really good place to be in, if you're a football team. Have teams come in, measure them up, and then beat them. If you can do that consistently in the NFL, you're going to win football games, you're going to win playoff games, and you're going to win the Super Bowl. No, you're not going to win every game 65 to 3, which is what Bills fans want. But you're going to win a lot of games. Can we talk real quick about the name Kingston Jonathan? 
So 59 was on the field and he made, he was making a bunch of plays. I, you know, I do, I'm a content creator and I, I don't work for the bills. I work for Buffalo rumblings and I do this as a hobby, but I talk about the bills a lot. I've never heard of Kingston, Jonathan. I didn't know Kingston. Jonathan was on this football team. I didn't know that he was wearing or Kingsley. Is it Kingsley Johnson? Sorry. Kingsley Johnson, Jonathan. I didn't know that he was wearing London Fletcher's old number. And is anybody else freaked out about the fact that his name is backwards? Should it be Jonathan Kingsley? Like, was there a switcheroo that happened and nobody told anybody that his name is actually Kingsley, like Jonathan Kingsley, not <laughs> Kingsley Jonathan? So he's like, tell, tell us about him. I got, I got nothing to tell you. If you're talking to me, I don't have any information on that young man at all. At all. So, but we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot in the next couple of weeks. It's all going to come down. I did a, I, I, I have it queued up for the Buffalo, the overreaction Buffalo Sports Network Mafia Monday program that uh, is going to air tomorrow morning. A whole thing on the AFC East, as well as kind of around the AFC, AFC, the AFC, rather, the Chiefs and the Bengals. We're going to learn a lot in the next couple of weeks about this Buffalo Bills team this Bengals team, this Chiefs team, especially coming in this week as we're going to be facing the Bengals on Monday Night Football in Cincinnati. My understanding is, is that the weather in Buffalo on Saturday or Sunday is supposed to be like 60 degrees, which tells me that it's probably not going to be an ice bowl in Cincinnati for Monday Night Football. So there should be some high-flying fireworks. And even as I say that, it's probably going to be like a 10-9 game or something stupid where nobody can do anything. But we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot about this Buffalo Bills team, especially next week against the Bengals. And I don't necessarily mean on defense. In the end, this team is good. This Buffalo Bills team is very, very good. You could probably, at this point in the season, 12-3, and call them great. And while it's not perfection in every phase of the game every single week, it doesn't remove the fact that this is a very good team capable of beating anyone they're capable of beating anyone in the league and i stand on the statement that i made 100 stand on the statement that i made that the only team that can beat the buffalo bills is the buffalo bills only team that can beat them and we've watched them make mistakes over the last three weeks where they've potentially hurt themselves and they've overcome it and again Chin up, Bills Mafia, because that is great to see. Freaking fantastic to see. Real quick, the brand new 2023 Trail Pass from Western New York Beer Trail is now available. The 2023 Trail Pass is bigger and better than ever. There's no better time to get ready for next year than right here, right now. The new pass features 53 area breweries, setteries, meteries, and beer bars all over Western New York, while almost every stop still offers the two half-priced beers with your pass, there are several other offers available from select locations such as discounts on flights, food, and merchandise. You can save over $400 with all the offers in this book. Like a T-Bass field goal, you just can't miss unless it was this past Saturday. The 2023 Trail Pass and other beer trail items are available at our website, www.wnybeertrail.com. Just click on the Shop tab, and now through November 15th, use the code VOICE, the Voice 15 to save on your t- entire order. I still need, oh no, I did fix it. I was gonna say, I wasn't sure if I fixed that graphic or not. 
The Voice 15 to save on your entire order. This is the perfect way to start your holiday shopping early and even get yourself a little something. The beard trail, the, 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 this, the, the trail pass from Western New York Beard Trail is only 30 bucks. So I know what you guys are thinking. You hear me talk about this, $400 in savings, and, you, and you're like, oh, this thing's got to be expensive. It's not. Go get one. <laughs> Go get yourself one, right? Get two. We at Western New York Beer Trail are proud to support everything local, craft beer, small business, and local charities. Watch out for our meetups and fundraising events along the way. Western New York Beer Trail, drink local, support lo- local. We'll see you on the trail. That is brought to you by Tom from WNY Beer Trail. Tom, appreciate you uh, supporting this show and supporting this the localness of it. Good man. Real quick, ha- the, the, the halftime stats from this game, kind of getting back to this game. When I talked about the fact that it was the tale of two halves, total yards for the Bills. 183 to the Bears, 121. 89 passing yards to the Bears, 50. 94 rushing yards to the Bears, 71. Eight yards per play. As much as I even said that, now that I'm looking at these, that first half wasn't as kind of bad as we thought it was. Defensively, it seemed like it was. First downs, the Bills had 10, Bears 7. Third down efficiency, 1 of 3 for the Bills, 2 of 6 for the Bears. <clears throat> total plays 23 to 29. The Bears had more total total plays than the Bills. Punts one to one, sacks one to one. The Bills were getting crushed in penalties. Four for 31. The Bears had one for 10. And then interceptions thrown. Josh Allen had one. Time of possession was 1247 for the Bills, 1713 for the Bears. Getting into the uh oh, I took it down. Hang on a second. I gotta get there. Uh the the this, the game stats. Bills, Bears, results. The total game, sorry. Close the tab before the show started. My apologies. Josh Allen finishes this game 15 to 26 for 172 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Devin Singletary, as I said, 12 carries for 106. James Cook, 11 for 99. Josh Allen, six for 41. Isaiah McKenzie, one for six. Naheem Hines, one for two. Gabe Davis, three for 45. Dawson Knox, receptions, that is, three for 38. You know, Josh spread the ball around. Didn't throw the ball a ton, but spread it around. <coughs> Jermaine Evans led the way in tackles. DeMar Hamlin right behind him. Justin Fields was 15 of 23 for 119 yards and a touchdown. Montgomery, 16 carries for 62 yards. Justin Fields, seven for 11. They just, the Bills just housed. They just, they just bound him up. Total yards for the Bills, 426 to 209 for the Bears. The Bills' defense just crushed them in the second half. Crushed them. Passing yards, 172 for the Bills, 129 for the Bears. Rushing yards, 254 to 80. Yards per play, the Bills finished at 7.3. It didn't feel like it, did it? Did it feel like that? It did not feel like that. First downs, the Bills 20. Just crazy. Sacks allowed, the Bills finished the game with one sack allowed, two for the Bears. Penalties, 9 of 72. The Bills got to clean up the penalties. That That is the one thing that has the biggest propensity to hurt this football team going into the playoffs. They've got to clean, especially along the offensive line, the holding penalties, the formation penalties, the false start penalties. They've got to fix that stuff. It's it's getting bad. Getting bad. So let's do this. Let's get into the dude awards and then I'm going to read your tweets and then I'll let you guys out of here on Christmas Eve or I'm sorry on Christmas. So for those of you that are not familiar. Oh, also, uh, if you're looking for the reading of the tweets in podcast form, which I'm about to do. I'm about to read the tweets. I've now transitioned them to the Mafia Monday segment on the Overreaction Buffalo Bills Sports Network. 
And the reason is, is because I'm trying to shorten this show in podcast form. So as much as we get on here and we do this live, and like an hour is the standard of what we normally do, when somebody looks at a podcast, I'm like, oh my gosh, this thing's an hour and six minutes long. I don't want to listen to that. So what I'm doing is I'm removing that segment and I'm putting it in a Mafia Monday segment that's actually you can find by going to your podcast platform, type in overreaction bills or overreaction sports. I'll come up and it's they're there. That's a short kind of like super edible segment where you can get the reading of the Mafia tweets post game. So I'm going to get to those in a second. But if, you, if you're looking for them lately and they haven't been on this show in podcast form on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's because they're now on the Mafia Monday segment of the show. So I apologize for not being more clear about that. Again, I'm just trying to condense the length of this show in a podcast. Dude Awards. So I had a hard time with the Dude Awards um, for a number of reasons. It was more unit. I don't know. It was just it just the Dude Awards were strange. But when we do the Dude Awards, for those that are new to the program, you know, people do arrow up, thumbs up, arrow down, thumbs down, whatever, stand up, stand down. We do the Dude Awards. So when you play well, it's like, dude, great job, dude, you're the man, dude. When you do, when you don't play well, it's dude, bro. We got to talk, bro. Not good. Not good, bro. My first dude award goes to the defense. The de- the entire defensive unit um, led by Tremaine Edmonds for containing fields and containing Montgomery and taking away the only thing that that offense can do. The defense played incredibly well. My second dude award goes to Devin Singletary. The Bills' first 100-yard rusher of the season and is continuing, as I said, to make a case for why he potentially should stay on this roster in 2023. Devin, you're playing lights out, bro. Keep it up. Hold on to that football. And James Cook is my third dude award. You just got to love what you're seeing from James Cook. You just got to love it, and it just bodes well for the future. Buffalo Rumblings podcast director. I guess that's his title, Anthony Marino, on the show. Anthony, Merry Christmas to you, too. It's good to see you, buddy. Appreciate you. Appreciate everything you do. Appreciate you for putting up with me. (laughs) This is one of the times where I'm the quote-unquote talent, and I'm not going to lie when I say that I can be difficult, and I know it. (laughs) Just one of those things. But I'm here gutting it out, Anthony. Anthony doesn't know it. I'm sick. and I'm, I'm, I'm here for you, bro. I'm here for the team. Gutting this thing out for the team. Merry Christmas. Down Dude Awards. Dude, bro, we got to talk. Tyler Bass is going to get my first Down Dude Award. Um, I know he was struggling, and I know that's not like Tyler Bass, but, you know, at the the end of the day, we've got to have somebody, right, in these Dude Awards. Tyler just didn't have have himself that good of a game. And I, I, I wholly expect him to bounce back. The second Down Dude Award goes to the special teams unit, both on coverage, receiving, like, is there a reason that we have to have a penalty every single time we receive a punt or a kick? Every time? Is it necessary? Like, I like Coach Smiley, and I like what he's doing with this unit, and I love Naheem Hines. And I don't fault Naheem Hines for two weeks in a row, a punt going short and then rolling 35 yards down to the one or two-yard line. I don't I don't fault Naheem Hines for that, especially when it's minus 25 outside. But this special teams unit can be better. We've seen them be better. We need them to be better. <laughs> Calgary Mafia says, uh, don't even talk about snow. Bro, I've gotten five feet in the last 24 hours. Five feet. Woohoo. My last down dude award goes to 
and it's just based off of the two throws josh allen you know we love josh and josh is a franchise quarterback and he is the mvp of this team i don't give a crap about the mvp the league stuff that crap does not matter to me i care about winning a super bowl and i don't care about necessarily people talking about is josh better than joe burrow is he better than you know pat mahomes is he better than this guy or that guy what i care about is josh beating those guys in the playoffs And as long as Josh does that, I almost don't care about interceptions. If Josh throws, if the Bills go to the divisional round of the playoffs and they play the Bengals, and Josh throws two interceptions and they beat the Bengals, I don't care. If Josh goes to the AFC Championship game and he throws two interceptions against Pat Mahomes and the Bills beat the Chiefs, I don't care. If the Bills go to the Super Bowl and he throws three interceptions in that game and the Bills win the Super Bowl, I don't care. It's kind of where I'm at on this, but I got to give a down due to award to somebody. You want to see Josh clean that stuff up. You know, he's not happy about it. Again, the second one just got away from him, um, but I've got to give that down due to award to somebody. And I couldn't think of anybody else necessarily to give it to. So it was Josh. That's just where it went. So love you, Josh. I love you, Josh Allen. So it was what it was. Appreciate you guys. So the next thing we got coming up is what? Tomorrow, uh, the off tackle with John Fina show at eight o'clock. And then Buffalo Late Night. We are supposed to have booked a former running back for the Buffalo Bills who's a current Hall of Famer, used to wear the number 34. I said this a couple weeks ago and was wrong. I got I forgot that we had rescheduled him. Fina is confirming, but we are supposed to have him on tomorrow, So, which is Monday. So if you are uh, not doing anything tomorrow night, tune in live. And if not, pick it up on Tuesday or Wednesday in podcast form. <laughs> Wednesday, Humpte Hotline, and then don't forget to uh, jump over to, if you're if you're a podcast person, don't forget to jump over to Overreaction Buffalo Bills, like and subscribe, and then you'll get all of the extra content that I'm doing as well. But ladies and gentlemen, you've been tuned into the Overreaction Buffalo Post Game Show, brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. My name is Joe Miller. I'm the voice, <laughs> raspy, deep voice of this show. You can find me as always on Twitter at Joe Miller White. Appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Go Bills and Merry Christmas. Victory Monday. Your AFC East champs, Bills Mafia, three times in a row. <laughs>